more to the Christian life than going to church and reading your Bible. If you've ever wondered just how involved God is in your everyday life, then you come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis and Vicar Jason Com, as we take an in-depth look at applying the scriptures to our daily lives through the Ten Commandments, baptism, the Lord's Prayer, and more. Welcome to Living the Faith. Welcome to Living the Faith, episode 23, I Believe That I Can't Believe. My name is Pastor Tom Mars, the senior pastor of Zion Lutheran Church. And I'm Vicar Jason Com. And we're glad that you're with us as we're continuing our journey of living the faith. Uh, this week, a little bit strange uh, theme, so to speak. I believe that I can't believe must seem like a little strange, but we're getting into the third article of the Apostles' Creed, the work and role of the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, it's rather interesting that we always like to refer back to uh, what Luther said, his explanation, the catechism that many of us learned. And so our faith is not our work, is really something very central to understanding the work and role of the Holy Spirit. I thought it would be fitting for us to open this episode by just reading that first part of the explanation of the third article. So this is what it says. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith." So this really points to the Holy Spirit as the source of our faith. It's not something that we do on our own, because the truth is that no one decides to believe in Jesus on their own, but it's the Holy Spirit that works through the proclamation of God's word that brings people to the faith. So God gets all the credit for making new believers. No one can take that credit for themselves. Um, it's all the Holy Spirit's work, and he prefers to do his work through God's word, which is why proclaiming God's word is so important, because that's how he draws people into his church, and that's how he sustains people in his church. And this is one of those things that is often misunderstood uh, throughout Christendom, because here's the reality. It can be subtle, or it can be spectacular. In other words, sometimes the Holy Spirit can basically smack us across the head and there's that faith. And other times he's subtly working behind the scenes through a family member, through a friend, through something we've seen on television, something we've heard the word read and proclaimed. The word is read and proclaimed in all those various settings, but it's a little bit more subtle than some big spectacular event. And so it's easy to say, well, there has to be all this attention and we draw attention to the work of the Holy Spirit and it seems spectacular. Well, it's spectacular whether it's a big event or whether it's a little event. And so it's important that we realize no matter what the setting, it's the Spirit that moves. We don't make the decision. We haven't decided. He's the one deciding and moving for us. And even beyond that, it's safe to say that we are spiritually blind and dead without the Holy Spirit. You know how in the very beginning, how when God first made Adam out of the ground and he breathed the breath of life into him? That's what happens in our baptisms. The Holy Spirit is breathed into us as this breath of life. And that makes us spiritually alive. He makes us spiritually alive. So we kind of, we come to the font as these dead branches, 
no reason to keep around other than just throwing out. But through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're made into living branches, joined to Christ, the true vine. And he doesn't just stop there because the Holy Spirit works very hard throughout every Christian's life all the time. So his work is to conform humans into the image and likeness of God. Now, in other words, the Holy Spirit makes creatures holy, set apart for God. That's his job. And he works very hard at it. He's very good at his job. But as Pastor Marsh has said, sometimes you can clearly see, wow, the Holy Spirit's at work in this moment. I can, I can just tell. But other times, and probably most times, we don't really know what he's up to. We don't know where he is or what exactly he's doing. But our faith in Christ and their repentance after hearing God's law and living as God's children, all of that work is credited to the Holy Spirit. And think about it this way. Our natural is sinfulness, which means we are constantly at war with the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's bringing us to faith. He's the one that's sustaining the faith. He's the one that's doing all that work. And yet we're constantly getting in the way. We're not we're not out front leading the charge for faith. No, we're the ones that are constantly getting in the way. And that's hard to hear because we like to believe that I'm the one that causes faith. I'm the one that decided to follow Jesus. And so it's very hard for us to realize that in our natural state, we're the ones that are battling the spirit. We don't need the world. We don't need the devil. We do it on our own. Now, we often have talked about as we've gone through our trek through the scriptures and now living the faith of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But we've also talked about the unholy Trinity, the devil, the world, and the third, our sinful self. Now, the reality is we don't always need the devil working hard on us. We don't always need the world around us. We do a good enough job on our own battling the spirit. And the reality is that that's important to come to grips with as we do every time we uh, are come in contact with the law to realize we're the ones battling. It's the spirit that's the one that's calling us back. So the question as we get into that then, if we set the stage for that is, okay, Vicar, who exactly is the Holy Spirit? I ask this question because I think we often focus on the Father and the Son so much, which is great to do, but we know them so well that we kind of neglect the Holy Spirit as a result. A lot of times people are like, okay, I know that the Holy Spirit's around. What exactly does he do and who exactly is he? Well, that's what we're going to get into today. And that's why we see it here. Because think about it this way. Well, we talk about God the Father and creation. Well, we can see the heaven. We see everything around us. It's just spectacular. The sun rises and the beauty of all the world around us. Okay, we see that. Well, Jesus... Uh, is the one who died on the cross. So we have these images of the cross and we have the images of baptism and all that. Okay, we can see it. Well, the spirit, as you mentioned, a little bit more subtle. So that makes it a little bit harder to see because we're used to seeing right in front of us, creation, right in front of us, Jesus' death on the cross. And then you throw in the spirit and eh, now it's a little bit more subtle. And what's funny is that that's practically by design. That's how the Holy Spirit prefers to work to begin with. So to explain that, we know that the Holy Spirit is God. He is a person, not a thing. We also call him the Holy Ghost. So he is a member of the Trinity, just as much God as God the Father and God the Son. Same in essence, but different in person. And the Holy Spirit prefers to point to Jesus and his work 
on the cross rather than drawing attention to himself. So he's kind of the shy member of the Trinity. He doesn't really he doesn't really like the spotlight being cast on him because he prefers to point us to Jesus and his work on the cross and his resurrection from the tomb. So there's almost a reason why we aren't as familiar with the Holy Spirit because he is all about pointing us to the Son of God. That's his overall goal. And from that cross and from Jesus' resurrection, that's where we find who we are, what we're doing here, and our future in the Lord. And the Holy Spirit also kind of points us or nudges us to the needs of our neighbors. So he's not just interested in pointing us to Jesus, but also pointing us to other people that need someone to love them, that need good works. That's the reason why we do good works to begin with, not because God needs them, but because God knows that others need them. And the Holy Spirit is responsible for giving us those nudges in the right direction to help our neighbors in need. Well, it's kind of like pulling back the curtain. You know, we see the work of the Father and the Son, as we mentioned earlier, but now we pull back the curtain and it's the work behind the scenes. Uh, it's not always. It's it's almost like uh, in our life we refer to the grunt work. It's the groundwork that needs to be done. Nobody's necessarily really excited about it, but it's the background that has to be done. And yet, in saying that, it's really spectacular, exciting to understand the working of the Spirit. So as we talk about this again, as we've said it over and over and over again, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They're inseparable. Uh, obviously, when we talk about uh, the Son, we also have the Incarnation and taking on flesh and both God and man, but we can't forget in the midst of all of that, as we remember who Jesus is, who the Father is, that we cannot fail to also give honor to Jesus Christ. And, and I would say in a lot of Christian circles that it's easy to sometimes put the work of the Holy Spirit behind because we don't want to act like we're all excited as if it's in the emotion of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit can ultimately cause emotion, but it's also very easy to get all wrapped up in our own emotions related to that and therefore lose sight of what his actual role and work is. And so the Holy Spirit prefers to do his work behind the scenes, on the ground, but very much behind the scenes and hidden. So you're not going to be aware of the Spirit's work most of the time. And as we've alluded to, it's it's easy to forget about His work or neglect honoring Him for His work, when in reality, we can't honor the Holy Spirit enough for what He does. Because again, He's the one that calls people, gathers them together through God's word. That's his work on our hearts in our lives and the lives of all people that hear and believe. It's all the work of the Holy Spirit. And so we really can't honor him enough for what he does for the church. You might not see him at work, but he's one of the hardest workers out there for the sake of the kingdom. Now, two weeks ago, we celebrated Pentecost. And the reason that I point that out is talk about spectacular. You got the wind, you got the flames, there's all this attention. Well, remember, sometimes when something's getting started, you gotta draw attention to it. And Jesus had said, I'm gonna send the counselor, I'm gonna send the comforter. And so uh, we celebrated Pentecost, 50 days after Easter and the coming of the spirit and the pouring out and all the different languages and the excitement. But just because we don't always see that doesn't mean that it's not the same work going on. We may not see the tongues of fire. We not, might not feel the rustling of the wind through it. But yet, think of it this way. Every baptism is a mini 
Pentecost. Oh, there's not the flames of fire on top of the little baby or the adult's head. We do have a candle that we give them, but obviously it's not on their head. But nevertheless, it's a mini Pentecost celebration. And so in that event, the water and the word, we receive the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit that makes us spectacular. And and as we'll talk about a little bit later, there are the, some that, that confuse the, the action of the Spirit in baptism. That's why they think it has to be an adult, because how can a child choose? Well, of course the infant can't choose, but neither can the adult. Just because you're older, just because you have uh, this idea of a brain that you're working on and speech and all those things you can do that still can't still can't take it. It's still the as much miraculous action by the Spirit with an infant as it is with an adult. And it all comes back to who's doing the action. Not the adult, not the teenager, not the infant. It's the Spirit. So, baptism, Pentecost, ah, same thing. And whoever the person is, whether they're an infant or an adult, again, doesn't matter how old or young they are, before baptism, before the Holy Spirit— they are all blind and spiritually dead. That was all us at one point. And then we were baptized and we received the Holy Spirit, making us alive. And so Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit in our baptism to believe in him, that he impacts our faith, and also to follow after him. He impacts our life. So again, the Holy Spirit is far from finished once he comes upon us in baptism. But in fact, we have that helper, that comforter, that companion for the rest of our lives that continues to increase our faith and to give us strength to follow after Jesus and obey his commands in this life. Well, that's an interesting transi- uh, transition now. So then that's all true. What does our life then look like? with the spirit after the spirit is entered. I mean, how, how does our life look? I mean, if we, we talked about that we can't necessarily see the spirit, okay, but what about the evidence of the spirit in our life then? One word answer I have for that, Christ's. Our life looks like Christ's after we are baptized and brought into the faith because the Holy Spirit molds us into the image of God's son. So that's his work is to make us like Jesus. And so what does that look like? looks like proclaiming and teaching the word. And you don't have to be a church worker for that. We all have that calling to to be witnesses of these things and spread the word of God to all people. It also looks like resisting temptations with the sword of the spirit. Pastor Marsh has talked about that battle that we have going on with the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit's on our side. He wants us to fight and knows that we can't do that battle alone. And so he himself gives us what we need to resist Satan and the temptations of the world and our own sinful flesh too. And it also looks like serving others. That's a big part of being the church, not just believing, but doing the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word too. And God gets all the credit for that through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so this is his work for each and every one of you doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you do. The Holy Spirit is a part of your life and he's molding you into the image of Christ. You're not always going to see it. You're not always going to know that it's there, but he is always hard at work. Well, part of what you're talking about there kind of makes me chuckle a little bit because when we talk about the proclaiming and the teaching the word, uh, oftentimes you'll hear, well, you know what, pastor, 
I, I, I'm not trained for that. I, I can't do that. It's almost as if, well, pastor, you got all those big fancy words you learned at seminary and all those passages you have memorized and as if that somehow makes the pastor better than, than the average person in the pew. Well, the reality is that all of us, wherever the Lord places, are called to do this proclaiming the word. And I'll be honest with you. I think a lot of times that the proclaiming of the word by the uh, everyday parishioner in the pew is much better than the pastor. How many times over the last couple of years as we've been doing the podcast, you've heard me again and again talk about church speak. Ugh. One of my biggest uh, things that I complain about, church speak. We use all these big, fancy words, and they're all great. But if the average person coming in that's trying to learn about the church or coming to the faith and so forth doesn't know what the word means, it's like a foreign language. They'll say, ah, oh, it's Greek to me. Yeah, it's Greek because they don't understand what the word is. And so you don't have to have the big, fancy words. You don't have to be, have the big, fancy prayers. You don't have to have memorized, you know, all the passages of the Bible, have the entire gospel of Matthew memorized word for word. No, nope, none of that's necessary. You share and live the life that the Spirit is working in and through you, and that makes a difference. Now, after saying that, you're going to say, okay, we're going to talk about sanctification now. Uh-oh, one of those church words, one of that church speak. Well, it's a great word, uh, not necessarily one I'd throw around if we're trying to share and proclaim the gospel necessarily, but it's important for us to then say, okay, we talk about the work of God the Father as creation. We talk about the work of God the Son as redemption or redeeming, buying us back. Okay, well, the power and work of the Spirit, sanctification. Uh-oh, what does that mean? Now, this will be easier to explain with a whiteboard, so I'm going to do my best to explain it over the podcast, but if you'd like to know more, we are going to cover this in Bible class this weekend, so I encourage you to attend and come with your questions because we'll only be able to get so far just by talking about it without some sort of visual. But here's the gist of it. When we are baptized, we instantly, in that moment, belong in God's kingdom, and we can't be counted more righteous than we already are. That is what we call justification, how we are made right with God. The way that Pastor Marcus likes to say it is just as if I had never sinned. So that is the promise that we have through our baptism, that we are instantly citizens of heaven, not because of anything that we did, but because of just God having grace and mercy upon us. At the same time, when we are baptized, we are called to live holy, set apart lives on earth according to God's will. That is what we call sanctification. And it's an ongoing process. It's a lifelong journey that we embark with the Holy Spirit. And all the progress that we make in living holy lives and obeying God's command, again, the Holy Spirit gets all the credit for that. Without him, we are spiritually blind and dead. We can't do anything alone. Um, and so it's all God's work in us through the Holy Spirit that enables us to actually live under God's law. Um, and so think of it this way, the gospel, the good news that you've been baptized and brought into eternal life, that enables the law to happen again. That enables you to actually obey God's will. It's rooted in the gospel. And so we don't obey God's law in order to be saved. We don't do that in order to make ourselves more righteous. But again, the Holy Spirit makes creatures holy. And it's his goal to equip us, to teach us, 
to forgive us, to enable us to actually live under God's will and follow his commands. And so as Christians, the Holy Spirit dwells within each of us to forgive us and to work through us. God gets all the credit for our salvation and the good things that we do as Christians. It's all God's work, and it's all because of the Holy Spirit. Well, as we go through this week, it's kind of exciting to uh, delve into the work of the Spirit. It's it, we, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about creation. We tend to spend a lot of time talking about Jesus preaching, teaching, going to the cross. Well, this week and in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking again and again about the role of the Spirit in and through our lives. And this week, as you go through your readings, as you go through your prompt questions, reflect on that. What is the role of the Spirit? Who is the Spirit? What has He done? And hopefully, as we've paused for a few moments today and gone through our podcast, it's been able to help guide and direct you a little bit. But we really encourage you to dive into those Scripture readings, dive into and and give some thought to the questions this week on who is the Spirit, what is his role, and why is it important? All that is relevant uh, to our lives as Christians and as believers, and really something for us to, to reflect on and grow. Well, Lord's blessings as you do your readings this week, as you uh, reflect on your po- uh, prompt questions, and we will see you again next week as we continue to look at the role and work of the Holy Spirit. Lord's blessings. Thanks for joining us on our Living the Faith podcast this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Tune in next time as we continue learning how God's truth in the scriptures applies to our daily life. God bless your reading this week.